Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Words with Dragons podcast. Just like last time for the episode commentaries, we're going to be continuing on with our slow binge watch of um, the rest of season one for the episodes I'm missing there. Today's episode is 104, Bloodthirsty. Um, if there is any background noise at any time, because I'm never sure how much my mic picks up or it doesn't, that's just my dog. She's a sweetie. Um, so yeah, so as always, um, the previous episodes, so 101, 2, 3, they're all available. A collection of some of the other seasons are also available, so I've just been going in order to get the ones that I haven't already done, and hopefully what's like a fun little watch-along if anybody wants to watch the whole series in order or something like that. Um, and so as always, we're just we're going to go on the count of three all the way through, so the previously on, all that sort of thing. Um... So yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. One of my favorites of season one, I think, in like retrospect, and I'm I'm excited to talk about it. So one, two, three, play. Flex logo. Come here. Give you some pats. I love bait. Hmm. Dragon Prince. Oh, I miss King Hair already. Shit. I always forget, and then I'm like, so sad he's gone. There's so little in the beginning of season one. Like, it really does take until, like, 106 for them to not feel like absolute babies to me. Like, I already know I'm going to cry, like, pretty early on this episode because of Raylum things and just get all emotional over all that sort of stuff. Like, those were the kids! Also giving my dog pets, so. We're multitasking. One day, I'll watch the intro and not talk about my intro theory, and today is almost that day, because I mentioned it in passing. Four bloodthirsty. This is an interesting episode because it's one like my opinion on it evolved and changed over time. Like I always liked it, but I was definitely more on realist side of things the first time I watched it. And then as I got and then as I came back to it, I was more sympathetic towards Callum's side of things. And like Ezra's just a good being throughout, so that doesn't change. Oh the oh I completely forgot the binding was a thing for a sweet for a split second. Holy shit. You know, like, it's such a big thing in season one. It's kind of like, you know, you see Kel with the primal stone and you're like, wow, like, he used to have a primal stone, you know, because we're so used to thinking past season one where he doesn't have it and isn't an egg and the binding's off, you know, it's, unless you're writing fixed set in season one, you're not really interacting with some of the things that were really prominent in season one. You're already kind of looking towards the future and the rail of bait Seraph does make me laugh every time. I'm having a split second moment of like, have I done this episode? No? I mean, we maybe have just mentioned it in passing. I do love the glimpse we get of like Catalysis sort of like funeral rites and like that sort of thing, like mourning for seven days is like really similar to the Jewish practice. Like, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it, but Shiva. 
Um, and just, oh, he was a good king, and I'm just sad for the people, and I love it. We get to see a little bit more about Pally, and Viren starts being a real shady bitch, but the funeral procession and the music and the effects are so beautiful, and I think it's this really solemn, you know, like, we're being acclimated to the fact that Hero is gone, which is... Seven Sunset, so Pally is right. It does make me wonder, like, did Viren and Opelli ever see eye to eye? Did things just escalate or were they always kind of opposed to it? Like, Viren and Sarai seem to be. And I did love the whole, like, the Valley of Kings sort of element here. Just because, like, it's, it just makes me think of some historical stuff. So I loved that. Oh, Claudia and Soren. Yeah, it's been a long night for him. That'd be so depressing to immediately go to the king's funeral because you and your men weren't able to protect him. That's rough. This is a cute little joke, though. I appreciate it. And it's also nice because I feel like it's... I, I always really appreciate seeing the glimpses of Claudia and Soren being just, like, good, genuine siblings to each other in terms of actually, like, you know, they're always working together... It's still nice to see those moments where, like, they do get to, like, take care of each other and work towards that. Because, like, Viren certainly doesn't. So, it's just nice. Oh, gee, Viren, I wonder whose fault that is. Who could guess? Yeah. I do find it interesting that... Oh, God, yeah, he's, he's my brother. It's like, okay, you little bitch. I do find it interesting though that like Viren uses the word bloodthirsty and Claudia does like he uses the word vile and Claudia uses the word vile and bloodthirsty and like I'm just I just think about I like thinking about linguistic sort of like phrasing similarities between characters particularly when they're related and also particularly when they're not because I just think it's interesting as you can tell I'm super focused on what's actually happening in this scene good for you Opelli. And I'm so happy that the other priestesses follow suit. And this is actually one of my favorite little Claudia moments in season one. Because I think it's so telling. And even just the fact that, like, they had this prepared. And they kind of knew this wasn't going to go according to plan. And, like, Claudia doesn't care. You know, so you can tell that Soren's sad about losing Hera. And he, he feels guilty, at least. Like, there's something there. But Claudia just seems like really unaffected by it all. And I think that just speaks to the fact that like she didn't really have any sort of relationship with the king per se. Like she's like she'd be sad, obviously, but like I don't know. I do love this like transition though. I think it's such a cool one. Especially because like I'm always here for like Viren Callum parallel. So I think it's really cool to see the smoke from like what Viren's doing going to the primal stone. Like Callum stole from Viren's daughter and like all those sorts of elements and the idea of dark going into primal magic and just it's just nice. It's just also just cool transition. I'm gonna cry because like watching Rayla walk over and be like, This is that's your name, right? Is like this is their first morning and they have no idea who they're going to become to each other. It just makes me so emotional. And the fact that she's already teasing him and, like, she's showing interest. This is her first, like, real display of interest in him. And in terms of just being like, what are you up to? And I'm just, I'm, I'm getting a little bit teary-eyed. Fair question. 
it's just taking me back to season one when it's like this was all we had you know so like i was just super emo about like him handing the sketchbook over to her and then of course we found out later it's a present from harrow so that like doubly hits and her drawing in the sketchbook and then when she hands it back to him she puts like the charcoal back in the exact same place and there's just all those i don't know they're just so cute so early on um i was watching a react channel and the, he like the, the guy was kind of shipping cow and claudia the first two episodes and then he kind of changed his mind and then it was this scene in like episode four where he was like i think i'm kind of shipping these two and i'm like thank you somebody else who got on board early because i was sold from the start so oh it's smart i'm so excited to see how the cube plays into the later seasons because i wouldn't be surprised if it is really important in season four and season five and that's part of why i'm hoping that like there'll be some sort of exchange of the cube for rail is life or something like that just because i think it would have such a nice sort of like full circle of like real risk for life to get the cube and now palm was giving up the cube to save her life it would just be very nice and I like this, like, early sense we get into their personalities. Of, like, Kalima is as idealistic and driven, and Rail is a lot more practical and pragmatic in terms of, like, this is the larger cause and the theme of trust. And then, oh, and Caleb opens up to her, and it gets through to her, and you can watch her face change. And, like, this is such a good scene for Callum as well in terms of, like, explaining, like, why magic is important to him and, like, where he's been in his life like he didn't think it would work and it did and it's like i love him so much he's my little baby boy oh and the like respect he awards her opinion right away so then she like returns it and like and he's such a good big brother like this part's so cute ezra's just adorable in every episode and i love the thing that calm doesn't get on like one knee to talk to ez that's such like, a nice little consistent detail and I love it so much. And it's like, oh god, I love Ezra's priorities. And they're just, they're so cute. And like, and then Rhea, you know, she gets to see him be a big, good big brother too. And like, it's just sweet. Ezra, stop. Oh my god. Hey, Sad Prince was a life-changing statement. I think I speak for all the season one shippers. And then, like, he looks a little bit flustered. It's just so much so early on. Again, I'm like, I know they weren't intentional in season one. But, oh, my God, it's so obvious. They have the vibes. Oh, no. I will say, as much as, like, Callum's assumption is rude, the way he conducts himself in trying to deal with it isn't actually that bad. Like... He's trying not to be grossed out. He can't really help his initial reaction. Like, if it had been blood, his reaction isn't that bad. It's just not blood, so that's kind of offensive. But, oh, and Callum's like, I messed up. But this is the first time he runs after her. Oh, my God. <laughs> probably from Claudia. Probably heard the stories from Claudia. I also always laugh. That's another little parallel I love when she sticks her arm out in front of him. And then he does that later to her in the season. And he's already a smug little shit, even though he really shouldn't be, because it's all going to go horribly wrong. And just, there's so many, like, little details, like Ezrin bending over a little so Callum can draw on his back. It just, you know, you can tell that these characters knew each, know each other. 
And I also like how Brayla's like, I'll go do it, even though, like, it would be so much safer for one of the boys to. But I guess they're thinking, like, how much can they trust humans, right? If Viram was shady, but, like, Brayla's also just fast. Like, it would have been fine if they'd had another, like, 10, 15 minutes. But no. So, it's unfortunate. Like I said, just no wins or no humans. And again, Ezra's like, I have the brain cell. Did you forget? Consistently. A king. Oh my god, we get to meet Amaya. I'm so excited. Yeah, no shit, honey. I love you, but you really didn't think this through. Again, that being said, I actually am mostly on Calvin's side in this episode, but we'll get more into that later. And again, Ezra being like, oh shit, we have to hide the egg. Like, yes, sweetie, you're so smart. You were the only reason that they made it this far already. I love you. I also love Amaya. Like, she's so, oh, she's just so nice. And I love her smile and her big bear hugs. And she's such a good aunt. And also Gren. I love Gren. I'll never forget watching this for the first time and seeing Amaya and being like, oh, like, she's pretty and she looks like eight, you know, Asian, more so than like Callum does at first. Um, and then being like, oh, I guess it's like the mother's sister, cool or whatever. And then being like, oh, she's deaf and she uses sign language that it hasn't like an, an interpreter or translator. Like that's so awesome, especially in some like animation where like it all has to be animated, like particularly it's, it's cheaper to not do it, and but they did it. And so I'm like, that's awesome. And then she just gets to exist as a character and we get to see, we get to learn a lot about Amaya in season one in terms of like ideologies and skills and her family and her views on things. And she just gets to be like well-rounded and fleshed out and just love her. Oh God. And like one of the things that kills me about this episode and like also again, like sold me on Raylam on rewatches, like when season one was all we had. Ezra's little hop was so cute. Oh my God, detour. Anyway, we're going back was that there's all these shots of like, cause like Ezra knows Rayla is here too, right? And you can say like, oh, well, Ezra doesn't know like how dangerous humans are, but like he could still be worried. And Ezra just seems more or less fine the whole time. But Callum is like beside himself with like how worried he is like consistently throughout the episode. Like he is stressed the max about them finding Rayla. And I'm just like, and all you can, you know, you can say like, oh, he feels partially responsible. But it's still like, I don't know. I don't know. I think I think he's already feeling sort of a connection with her. So the bread jokes are so good. I love them. There's a really nice um, Tumblr blog. I think it's Soren Eyebrows, who's been doing like all the bread related jokes and GIF sets and just has some really nice GIF sets in general. So like Soren's Eyebrows is a good blog. It, yeah. So I've been appreciating the bread jokes more recently. Oh, God, Callum's letter. It's funny, though, because they do this little flashback here, and then we don't bring up the letter until, like, 2.03, and it's like, they just had 20 seconds of time to fill. I'm kidding, mostly. Oh, God, there was a time I was editing this scene, and I was editing Callum, and I paused at the wrong moment, and his forehead looked ginormous, and I was like, wow, that's rough. I also love Ezra's little motions in the background of, like, trying to saw through the bread and stuff like that. As well as, like, Harrow's letter is so sweet. 
They wish to build a dirt man. You we do not wish to build a dirt man. Aw, Ezrin. I also just love that, like, they're totally used to Gren being there. So I'm like, I hope, I hope, like, Gren and Amaya were, like, on family vacations and stuff like that in the past. That's just so sweet to me. Mm -hmm. And then Callum is pining, as usual. It's not changing anytime soon, sweetie. Oh, God. Now I'm thinking about this episode in relation to, like, through the moon parallels. I'll think on that later. See, it's like one of those things where it's like the first time I watched this, I was like, I think it's so interesting first how Amaya thinks that moon shadow elves are the worst, even though she's spent a lifetime finding sunfire elves. I'm like, I think that really speaks to just how bad the moon shadow elf reputation is. But I also feel like, like the first time I watched this, I was like, I think Ezra might be right. And now I'm like, I really don't know if Italian Amaya was the right move because I don't know if she would have let them go on the mission i feel like she might have been like it's too risky we can deliver the egg you know and you could argue that she's not wrong but i don't know i just i don't think it would have worked out so i don't think that callum's way was the right way either but i don't think it's as clear cut i i, I don't think Ezrin is entirely correct either so i think again it's, it's a great it's a great sort of dilemma um real is so sneaky I also really love that, like, her priority right now could purely be staying out of sight and staying alive, and that would be totally fair, because, like, suddenly there are people. <laughs> she drags him so hard, it's so good. And also her seeing Callum's drawing is so cute. But I feel like it's also really impressive, and also, again, like, speaks to that sort of kindness in her, that she goes looking for the cube anyway. Like, at the end of the episode, Callum's surprised that she has it because he just assumes, like, yeah, why the hell would this still be a priority for her? But she gets it anyway. And I think that that... Oh, God, I'm so excited to see whatever the cube ends up being. Oh, Maya, that shot scares me every time. And this is, I think this is, like, the one fight we see Rayla, like, fully lose. The other's kind of like we don't get to fully see her, we get interrupted, but like she full on loses this fight. And I think that speaks, good one of mine, I think that speaks to just how, and she always tries that move. She always tries the big leap with the raised sword move, and it never ever goes well for her. So I'm just like, Rayla, sweetie, Amaya was about to murder her, which is a lot for like four episodes in, and it makes me sad. Please don't hit my sweet daughter. That's a hard punch. I'm sad. Pretty scenery, pretty scenery is pretty. And I also love how the bite mark on her arm is starting to fade. Yeah, poor Rayla. This would suck. Yeah. But I also love, like, it's interesting. Because, like, again, like, when we first meet Amaya, she's it. She's the one doing the interrogation. And then when she goes to Janai, she's the one being interrogated. It's, like, very different. And the fact that, like, they both think that, like, Amaya and Renan both think the others are liars in terms of, like, species. <sighs> Poor Rayla. I will say that I think, I don't think I'd noticed, maybe it had been on Twitter that elves only have four fingers, but I don't really feel like I'd noticed that much in show until Rayla made this joke. And I've seen, like, a, you know, like, other people I've watched the show with have, like, similar reactions. So that's fun. I love this plan. Again, Ezrin's a genius. And he has so much faith in everyone, and it makes me emotional. And this is such a sibling conversation. 
But again, I also love how Callum's the one actually doing like the work in terms of getting bait down there. And it, I should write. I should really write. There's a few like missing scenes I still want to write, but of just like all the little missing scenes of Calvin as realizing that Rail has been captured and like that sort of thing. And I also love how like obviously like Bade and Rail aren't like friends at this point, but like he's still gonna help her out and help the boys. And I think that that's really nice. Why am I getting a note from my computer? Ah, okay. It's nothing. Nothing important. Here on, she goes back for Bate. There's also like this really split second look that her and Callum have on the stairs after she hands Bate to Ezrin. And for some reason, I love it with my whole heart. So I'm just gonna toss that in there. The kids are sprinting. The soldiers are running. The music is hype. It's also like, they really wasted. That's one of the things I think is also interesting of like, people are like, oh, well, Ezrin, they all moved so quickly. And I'm like, the kids lost an entire day of traveling this one day right and then they travel by boat and then they travel for like 105 and 106 but like and then they're at the curse called era but like that's it they really barely move in season one. Oh, callum i do i did love seeing that he does know how to sign though i think that's a really like nice touch oh poor rayla like again she could have put it together like of course he doesn't actually like mean that but they're so still so tentative in their trust and like oh god and it's like it's one of those things where it's like even if the boys did genuinely think that i think it speaks to real sensitivity and the fact that she's already really fond of both of them because why why shouldn't they think that as human princes but it hurts her feelings anyway and so i think again that speaks to her character as well and I also love so much how the um, the braid getting cut off came back later on, even though the braid was such a look. I would love her really to have a little braid again. It was so good, and I kind of miss it sometimes. <laughs> Ezra's unconvincing owl makes me laugh every time, as you can see. And again, like, this is the only hint Callum gets that Rayla doesn't like water or boats. And, like, it's not super clear, but he just intuitively figures it out. And then he's dead on the next morning. Yeah. Oh, the boat. The boys. I was going to say boat, and I said boys. The O's pronunciation is different. Me. <gasps> we get to meet Corvus! She'll take the yes, Corvus! I love you, sweetie! I love him so much. He's such a beautiful man. And I love that even though his first appearance is really serious, like he's not actually a serious stoic sort of character. He's just, he's a sweetie. He's talented and a very beautiful looking man. Mm -hmm. Almost the full moon. Oh, and I love this scene so much. Cause like he's so relieved that it worked and it's sweet. And then Rail is rightfully pissed. And Calum is like, Okay, clue me in here. Uh, and I also love how Ezra's just in the middle, like looking back and forth, like I'm not, I'm not touching this with a ten foot pole. I'm gonna keep stay out of, stay out of it. And it's like good, good job, kid. And I do love that Callum clarifies, like he didn't think any of it was true, and like how it worked and whatever. And uh, uh, I'm so excited for the cube to come back, though. Like, that'll make this episode so much more, like, interesting, I feel like. It's already such a good episode, I feel like, once it's recontextualized. Um, but I, li I like that Cal makes it clear that the harm wasn't intentional, and he apologizes for it anyway. 
And I think I think it lit up the sky room, which again is nice little foreshadowing. Oh my god, sort of be like the crowd hour. <laughs> Oh my god, it's Pip, it's the bird! Ah, it's Harrow. Yeah, this is the scene that launched a thousand fan theories. Because, like, like, I remember watching 103 and being like, interesting that the bird is still there, but, like, that makes sense. Like, it's probably not super, like, maybe it's important, maybe it's not. And then this scene, I was like, nah, there's there's something up here. Um, And then I also think it's interesting to see the way that, like, the commenters react now to when Viren's going to be coronated and they're all a little bit more like, I don't know if I trust this. But then by the time season three rolls around, enough has changed politically with the other kingdoms being attacked and that sort of thing and whatever for them to more be on board, at least the soldiers anyway. Who knows what everyone else thought. But, oh my God, Viren, shut up. And again, like, Opelli's willing to do it, so it really shows how much Viren burns his bridges in season two with committing, like, treason and stuff. Yeah, because, like, Opelli wasn't happy, but she was gonna, like, legally crown him and, like, whatever. And then Amaya shows up. I do like to think that, like, in their, like, teens or something, like, Amaya and Opelli dated. I just think that would be nice. But I, I also have a headcan that Viren's mother was the previous head, like high cleric. Apparently so pleased and Viren that looks like a butt trumpet. Oh, I have to watch the credits. Okay, we're watching the credits. Oh, it's a mile with her nephew. That's so cute. And the butterfly. Oh, they must have gone for like picnics and whatever. Ezrin and Bates sleeping. I mean to go through all the like um end credit art and just get all the ones with Ezrin. Oh, and the hero and his boys. That's so cute. And the hat and just Nice, nice. The braid. Good, because we're going to need to remember it. Oh, and then Claudia and Viren. Fun. And then Ezrin's dream with the hippo. Yeah. Why did I almost forget the word for hippo? I was like, Jesus Christ. Um. So that's the end of the episode. Really good episode. Yeah, I think it's one where, like, it's the first one we really get to see. Because, like, up until this point, like, we've seen allusions to prejudice against elves. But we've actually seen a lot more prejudice against humans in terms of, like, you know, Rila being, like, there's Renan was right. There's nothing in humans worth sparing. And Renan just staunchly being, like, no, humans are liars. Like, we haven't really seen. Like, the assassins are evil are like portrayed at antagonistically by the other characters but that's because they're coming to kill the king and because they have this reputation of being really skilled not necessarily just because they're elves so i think that's interesting so i think 104 is kind of the growing pains of the trio sort of and particularly cal and Rayla, kind of getting to know each other and like i think that it's amazing that they actually get along as well as they do because like i was my writing partner and I have been doing this this fanfic um, can divergence where Claudia and Soren travel with the trio um, for some of season two longer with like thinking that they're going to betray the kids later and then like will they you know the fix over so you can you can go read it's called um if heaven and hell decide but on AO3 but it's like if say like Claudia and Soren traveled real I don't think they actually would have gotten along they would have maybe been able to make the mission work but like Claudia wouldn't have been willing to give up dark magic and Rilla wouldn't have been willing to stand forward and Soren like 
personality clash, like, I don't actually think they would have ended up being like friends. And so I think that speaks to how much like Calum and Ezra have such a sweet sort of bond and how open they are to really immediately we're like, you know, they're not always going to get, and she's not always going to get it right with them either. So it's like very much like they're, they're figuring each other out, but they, they want to, and they want to care and they already are caring, you know, like real already feels guilty about what she's keeping from them. She cares about them. And then they come and they bail her out with bait. And so I think like seeing the formations of that is really important. Particularly when, like I said, because like, they don't actually travel much during the day. So they actually spend the majority of 104 apart, but you're still always kind of getting that bond development and some like interesting viewpoints and whatever. So yeah, I think this is a really interesting episode on the basis of like what it sets up, like a lot of the plot points for the season. And it's just super good and super, and like a bias here. That's all the reason you need for it to be a great episode, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, so next time it'll be, let me just check my list real quick. Next time it'll be 106 through the ice, which is also one of my favorites. And then it'll be six, seven, eight, nine, and we'll be done season one. Um, so as always, I hope you enjoyed this episode commentary. Feel free to check out any previous ones. Feel free to see, to send any requests or questions to my Tumblr, Raylan with two A's, with a little asterisk. Um, and thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed. Dragons out.